0: players step your game up don't be sluggish or lazy or jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby catch him on youtube or any podcast platform breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards no hot takes this is where the hottest debates at now kick your feet up because it's time for straight facts
1: what's going on y'all welcome back to straight facts a sports show that educates and entertains as always brought to you by the up all game presents network. Make sure you're following them wherever you get your content, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, but it's your boy, Jimmy J. I got the guys back together with me, Jake Galley and stat Matt Robinson. I can smell it. I can smell football season. Jake texted me yesterday. and He was like, yo, I'm hyped for this podcast. because it's almost football season, man. Like we're, we're almost here. I can smell it. I can smell season three. Like it's right around the corner.
0: It, it's like such it, it it's perfect because like not only is there like such a great buildup for the NFL, it also comes directly after the most dead time in the year where you're just mm-hmm. strung out on baseball for a few weeks. And then baseball goes out like when there's the all-star break, you really have to think about like, wow, what, what are my interests? Like there's no <laughs> sports on. I'm hoping there's baseball on. Like, what am I doing here?
1: Yeah, and really, you really check yourself as a person. Like, what, what do I really, what do I really have in life if, if sports isn't going on? It's a it's a, a bad reality check. Stop <laughs> that. Bad. Are you just are you just feasting on all the Eagles um camp, uh training camp news and stuff? Because I saw you guys released Jalen Hurts training camp stats. I said
2: it's Who gone did? too far. Yeah, that, yeah you got
1: punched on to do. I said, I said, I said, I said that we've gone too far. We've
2: no, I went, too- I went to the open practice the other Sunday. It was fun. Yeah. Um and like I, I'm really excited. I just think this team has a hard ceiling, and I'm a little sad about that. But uh, I'm gonna. But it's they're a fun, really likable team. So I should just enjoy that. Wow, you you've been
1: hurt a lot. You've been heard a lot, man. All right. We're going to get into our content, what we got going today, because as we're getting oh so close to the start of the NFL season, the start of season three for straight facts, we got to get into a lot of football talk, man. We got to get into a lot of stuff that people are excited to and anticipated for the season, and that is some overhyped and underhyped players, man, or underhyped uh coaches and teams in the NFL. So that's what we're gonna focus on. Wait, this this coach or this team, are they too hyped or do they not have enough hype around them? The first one is a good place to start because not only is, does he have a, a question mark around him, but his team's got a whole lot of drama swirling around them right now and that's cliff kingsbury the coach of the arizona cardinals after last season's embarrassing loss after the way they went out after the way they kind of collapsed in the second half of the season is this kind of a make or break year for cliff kingsbury because a lot of people like see him on the hot seat we had damian adams with the uh from the real deal with with uh with da last week who couldn't have couldn't have uh, less good things to say about the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury. So, like, is it but he got but he gets credit as a as a good coach, right? So is it is it overhyped, is it underhyped? Like, what's going on?
0: Uh he is he's overhyped, and the reason that he is overhyped, it, it the same exact reason that I think Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of love, I think Sean McVay gets a lot of love, um, I think Zach Taylor gets a lot of love, Matt LaFleur, they're all a young B, new, and C, handsome gentleman. That is, handsome. that is the reason that they get good press coverage. as And now, granted, a lot of those guys have found success <laughs> as well, but they don't get under the same scrutiny. Like, the the ringer that people ran Andy Reid through in Philadelphia and sometimes in Kansas City for his decisions, like, you're not checking Andy Reid like that if he is chiseled looking <laughs> like a Robert Sala, like, handsome gentleman. You're just not. You sound like the girl who lost the beauty pageant, but had
1: the best
2: talent. <laughs> and, I, the, I, and the, when I, since I started like s- watching like soccer stuff, it's really funny. This guy, uh, one of the people that I like in like the group that I watch, he always says like the handsome botanist bias. People only like people only underrate Wayne Rooney because he was an ugly mug. <laughs> and mm. It's like that. And it's like, it kind of has a point. People are drawn to uh, attractive people, but, uh, I honestly think Cliff is kind of getting a little disrespected. Um so I think he's underhyped. Every single year he's been the car. I hated the signing when he got when he got signed as the head coach. I thought it was hysterical. Oh, anyone who's had a lunch with Sean McVay is going to get hired. It was like the whole thing. <laughs> but he took over a 3 and 13 team. The next year they go 5 10 and 1. Then they go eight and eight. Then they go eleven and six. So the ending of the season was atrocious and needs to be fixed. But he's on the right trajectory. I don't think it will continue. But so far, I think it's a little unfair to criticize someone who's coming to the team that is the worst team in the history of the NFL. Like if you just look historically, the, the Chicago, Arizona, Phoenix, St. Louis, wherever they were. They were horrible forever. And he's taken over a horrible franchise in that was in a bad space and took them to the playoffs. And does he need to do more? Yes. But so I, I think he's being um underhyped, but I do agree that it's a make or break year.
1: Yeah, I I'm kind of right with you, Matt, to be honest. Because yes, the, the drop offs, the cliffs mm. that he's hit. During the season, they haven't been good, man. Like the, through the first seven games of the season of every year, he's he's amazing, forty-two and twenty. And then you get to the back half of the season, cumulative, he's sixteen and forty-three. So that's gotta that's gotta change. But he's a young, includes
2: his college years too. Just includes so you know. includes
1: college. Okay, but he's he's a young coach in the NFL. Like this is what year you're going to year five as head coach in the NFL. So like, is there you know is there no margin for error? Is there no margin to get better? I like the incremental improvement. I really do. Like, if for a coach who's coming in and, like you said, Matt, taking over a bad situation, then inherited a young quarterback, then took over and had um, running back turnover, had defensive turnover, like he's, you know, to, to get improvement out of your team each year, there's something to absolutely be said for that. So, and the other reason he's underhyped is because, like, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury has good press in the streets right now. Like like, right, like Jake, you say you say he's overhyped, but who's singing his praises right now? Right, this that, that may way. have
0: been uh, a few right, a few seasons past where they were really right. high on him, and I I do think right, you you are right on that. Like the the playoff loss, I think dinged him um, the, yeah. significantly. So, but I, and I'll push back too. You know, he, he did make the playoffs last year. They lose embarrassingly. They like the and offenses. That, have, who is who? the... It's the focal. Their offense was the focal point of their team the whole year, and they get completely shut down. He didn't, with Kyler Murray, the two previous seasons, couldn't break eight wins. Granted, it was a flawed team. And this is the most, and, and I don't want to put all of this on him because I, I personally don't know how much of a say he has in player personnel, but he's supposed to be this air raid offense attack. The wide receivers that they have drafted since he's been there, they've spent good capital on Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, and Rondale Moore, who I'm not going to make the sound to just yet. You loved, you loved Hakeem Butler,
1: didn't you? When he came uh, out, uh,
0: you didn't have to, you didn't have to burn me like that. I was going to gloss <laughs> like, over.
1: Didn't
0: he, didn't he love Hakeem? I Butler? was, I was really high on Hakeem. <laughs> that's a hurt <laughs> piece right there. Yeah, my, my fault, my fault. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's you know, this is the guy that's evaluating your talent. I'm assuming mm-hmm. he has some hand in the process. And all those guys. I've been somewhat of duds again, Rondale Moore, I'm not going to put there yet, but we'll see this year.
1: Uh, uh, last year, I I think context doesn't get put around enough of last year. Should the Cardinals have collapsed like that? No, but Kyler Murray misses some time. Deandre Hopkins misses time. JJ Watt misses time. Um, James Conner misses time. Point. All, of their, all of their marquee players missed time last year at, at different points. So it's not like they all were down at the same time. But, I mean, for an offense that was relying on literally those three on offense and a, and a defense that's kind of anchored and, and you know hunkered down by J.J. Watt, you guys can understand that the boat's going to waver a little bit. Now, an elite coach, a, an elite young coach, a Sean McVay, uh, you know, whoever you want to put in that category – probably gets that shit back right better than Cliff Kingsbury, which is why he's starting to fall under these, you know, some of these names. But, you know, the context means a lot. You can't, you know, it's hard to win without your best players in the lineup consistently, especially in the NFL, especially in the NFC West. Like especially in that division when you got the Niners and the Rams who got hot at the end of the season.
0: Right. You have but the that's def- tough. defending Super Bowl champion in the division and no DeAndre Hopkins, no Christian Kirk. Uh, Well, no DeAndre Hopkins for the first, you know, chunk of the season. I think it's eight games he got suspended. And then Christian
2: Kirk was signed away. So we're going to see.
0: He's going to be put to the test early on. If they're not doing well, the
2: the seat's going to be hot. The the seat's definitely going to be hot.
0: The seat's warm.
1: The seat's warming (laughs) up already. Like like someone put the seat on 350 and hit bake. Like the seat preheated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it ain't hot yet, but it's going to Give about ten minutes, you go in here, hear a nice little dig, and the seat hot, see ready to go. Week four. All right, the next one we're moving on, and y'all, I have some really petty co-hosts. I really do because we they they just find little ways to get their anti-Buccaneer slants off, and they're clever. They really are. I give you all a lot of credit. I I give you a lot of credit because you hide it in these real clever ways that I can't really fight back on. I got to just. Talk about it on the pod. So the, the, the Buccaneers is the next one we're talking about. The the two years ago, Super Bowl champions, <laughs> um, <laughs> a team who obviously gets Tom Brady back, has a new head coach and Todd bowls. But I think the biggest thing that people are looking at is kind of the shuffles on the offensive line that a lot of things are going to be looking different. You got Ali Marpet, who retires, Ryan Jensen. Is uh is out for a, a lengthy period of time with a knee surgery from a knee injury he suffered on the second day of training camp. Uh, his backup is in right now. Shaq Mason comes in to replace Alex Kappa at tackle. So you got Tom Brady coming back. We have him coming back with the exact same team except the people who protect him, and he's built a really good rapport with this offensive line. So that that's a worrisome part to me. I know I don't want to gloss over that any. Uh, at any point, the past two seasons, I think it got overlooked a lot how well our offensive line was. You got two pro bowlers and an all pro on that offensive line, maybe the second or third best offensive line in football behind like the Eagles or, um, you know, teams like that. So it's, it's that, that's, that's something that really goes into it. But before I let y'all try to get anything off, to say that there's any, like, to say that we're overhyped is ridiculous. And I'll, and I'll kind of, tie a bow on it at the end of it, how we can't be overhyped really. But I just want to let y'all know that before you guys try to say that we're overhyped, like that's ridiculous. So Jake, go ahead.
0: Uh, So actually it's funny because in that, in speaking, I was kind of thinking back, I did write a couple of these. It felt a little good to get some of the, not the injury points, but just to include (laughs) them in there, not happy that anyone's injured, but you know, like realistically it's funny it's a game of inches, and and especially as far as it comes to, like, perception. Imagine the way that we would be discussing Tampa Bay if they had cinched up their coverage in the NFC Championship game. They go to the Super Bowl again, and now, win or lose, you're in the Super Bowl two straight years, and maybe then people would be really high on them, and, and I would be saying, oh, like, they're overhyped, but that didn't happen. They lost, and because of it, and because of the injuries, I think there's now like a really negative spin that might be picking up on the Bucks. Granted, they're still they might I think they still are the second favorite uh, as far as Vegas goes, but um, I, I think right now because of the way things broke, they're probably a little underhyped, but uh, like based on what happened last season. But then spinning it forward, maybe they're a little overhyped because they might have a bad year if they can't protect Brady. That That's basically where I'm at. I hope you can accept that. <laughs> that hits that hit softly.
1: That doesn't, that doesn't hit too hard.
2: <laughs> the Patriots are overhyped for the simple reason that they're favored look at to the win the slip. NFC. That was a Freudian
0: slip <laughs> you by Matt. the Freudian
2: <laughs> slip. Sorry, sorry. Um, the Buccaneers. First of Brady. all, don't you? we are a different team. Don't you get yeah. us
1: confused. With that. We're not them.
2: You, I, I, yeah, yeah. so the Buccaneers are favored, are overhyped for the simple fact that they are favored to win the NFC over the Rams. When the Rams had a better offseason than them, after the Rams went into Tampa Bay and beat them in the playoffs on the road on Listen the to way to winning the Super voice. Bowl. Listen so It, it makes no sense to me, oh, because Brady retired Listen. and then unretired, all of a sudden they have a better chance to go to the Super Bowl than the Super Bowl champions who got better. The it's the and the only reason that game was even close was because Cam Akers had some two stupid fumbles. It's like everyone oh, talks we, about we, the we, end because because uh, again, wow, the Bucks <laughs> blew, blew um the coverage. But the fact that the Rams lost that lead was so fluky and bizarre and weird. And it, it, a, the Brady effect. Cam Akers fumbles because Brady's the yeah. quarterback on Tampa. That's yes, <laughs>
1: yes, yes. It's weird <laughs> this weird thing happens to the other team when Tom Brady is on the sideline, like Atlanta shouldn't blow a 28-3 lead either.
2: But but, yeah, but Nick Soles became Superman, so like it's not yeah, always that's there.
1: True. That's true, that's true. I don't say it's always there, but that there is there is a, a Brady effect to the ball just bouncing his way. But continue, continue your rant. Continue. It's,
2: rant. It, and I think the Bucks are the second best team in the NFC. I think the fact that Green Bay is, we'll get to Green Bay, Um, but it's more about they're just by definition, they're overhyped because there's no reason other than Tom Brady, which did not, which was not good enough last year that you can say that they're a better chance to win the Super Bowl than the Rams.
1: I think you're taking hype in a different context than I'm taking hype or not. Really, you should take hype. Because when we use the term like overhyped, I don't think it's. I think it's a different connotation than saying like who has the best chance of winning the Super Bowl. Like who are you? Like hype is a talent factor plus an excitement factor plus a intrigue. Like that's that's what surrounds hype. And this is a team who not only has one of the best defenses in the league, one of the best receiving combos in the league, but you have all this drama of Tom Brady retiring and then choosing to come back and pretty much saving our franchise from mediocrity until we figure it out again. Not only do you have that, the greatest quarterback of all time, returning to your football team, giving you another legit chance to maybe win his eighth Super Bowl and right out to the sunset as the best to ever do it maybe in sports, but you also have a a... a head coach who goes to the front office and makes way for a guy like Todd Bowles, who everyone every single year screams that this brother should get a head coaching opportunity. And Bruce Arians does a great job in saying, I want him to be able to coach a good team. I don't want him to just inherit a bad team or get Rooney ruled. Like I want him to be able to have success. So people see how good he truly is in the limelight. I think all of that, all of that goes into hype. And we, I don't think you can have a more hyped team right now, than the Bucks. I don't think it's the Rams. I don't.
2: And I do a- a- Arians actually loves the Bulls because they worked really well together in Arizona as well.
0: And Matt, the most important point: this is how we Temple Owls operate. Okay, you guys might not get it. You guys are Rams. Okay, you, you have the L.A. mindset because of the L.A. Rams, obviously. <laughs> wow, not just Rams. This is how we Temple Owls. You got to Owls fly in a pack. That's what they say. I just made that up, but I mean, it's applicable owls, here. Owls.
1: I believe are solo creatures, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I I think like, 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 you know, naturally, factually, I think they they fly solo. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you're right. But I, but I hear you. I hear you. But I like it. But that's that's the hype factor, and then the football factor is also. This isn't a guy in Tom Brady coming back like a Brett Favre unretired. Even though when Brett Favre unretired, he still, you know, wasn't terrible. But this is a guy who comes back who many argued probably could have, I think should have won MVP last year. Like this is a guy who is still playing levels of football that people hope to reach. So he comes back and yes, comes back and makes our team Super Bowl favorites. He's got seven of them, Matt. When this guy comes back and decides I want to win a Super Bowl, only Eli Manning and Nick Foles could stop him. That's the only he- two, like, He's
2: got seven of them. Like he legit can go and, and just stop with... last year. That's, yeah, just, that, looking that's looking. the most recent thing Look. that's happened. I'm not. I'm Brady's, saying... Brady's still a top five quarterback, obviously. But I don't. He's not. If he was the peak of his powers, I think that would make them favorites. But he's he's. But it's he... unfair to say regress because he's 44 or 45. Whatever. He didn't regress. It. But, but he he's didn't, like he's not as good as he was 10 years ago. But he's still great. He went from being a 10 out of 10 to a nine and a half out of 10. That's what happened to Tom Brady. It's not, he's did I'm not doing the cliff argument that Kellerman was doing for years. You like Brady's, Brady's obviously still a great quarterback, but the Rams have better talent, better defense. They huh? have mystery cap huh? voodoo where they can just get every player in the world. Yeah, it's works. Um, and it's, and I I know I'm biased because I dislike seeing Brady win, and honestly, it's fast to the point of ridiculous. Hating. I just ridiculous. think it's boring at this point. If the Bucks win, there's just no fun story in the Bucks winning. It's the except
1: Bucks. except Todd <laughs> Bowles getting his except Todd Bowles getting his first NFL champ. except Brady getting his eighth. Like what? There Brady are fans I agree. disagree
0: with you, Matt. That's
1: but- you. You yeah. What? It's not your team, so it's boring. <laughs> like what do you mean it's boring? <laughs> no, 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 like, no, no, get no. out of here. Every like a forty-four like, year old quarterback winning the Super Bowl. How's that
2: Neutral. If you're a neutral fan who's just learning the NFL, I despise the Cowboys. I will wear Tom Brady Buccaneers jersey if it's like a Cowboys Bucks NFC title game, but like it's more exciting for like a neutral fan, in my opinion, if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl than the Bucks do.
1: I think a neutral fan couldn't care less. <laughs> like if it's not if it's not their team, I think they could care less who wins the Super Bowl. But all this, like uh, all this we're proving my point. We've been talking for 10, 11 minutes about Tom Brady alone and him coming back to the Buccaneers. Like, come on, man.
0: Well, the one thing he is on an extended leave, right? I, I, I would only worry that Maybe he's not taking training camp as seriously, which I truly don't know if it matters. Like he could not show up to training camp. And I genuinely don't know if it would make a difference in his play during Um, the season. We
1: had like two weeks of a training camp and then we won the Super
0: Bowl in the COVID year. COVID does not count. Everyone had, everyone was on the same playing field. No, no, no. In terms of, no, 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 not, not in terms of like the championship didn't count. In terms of like, like everyone had the same training camp (laughs) restrictions. But, but I'm
1: saying, like, that's why I'm not worried about it, because... Oh,
2: I see. What you're okay, yeah, you're
1: that's saying. we we'll he wasn't retired really
2: Brady told the Bucs, okay, I'm probably going to come back. I don't want Arians to be my coach anymore, based on, like, the rumors you've heard swirling. Probably. Um uh, So you go up to the front office, and I'm going to half-ass training camp. Hmm. And they said, okay, great. As long as you come <laughs> back. As long as you come back. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's exactly that's in my opinion. I think that's exactly well, as what happened. the season
1: start? September 9th, As long as you're here at September eighth, <laughs> like just just be back the day before, so we get your physical and everything done, and like that that's fine. The extended leave of absence, Jake, apparently was cleared by coaches and, and mm. staff. Oh, well, I'm, sure, right. I'm, I'm sure, right? I'm sure. I'm sure. which which is just furthers all this point that I'm sure they're like, man, you go right, on, do, 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 do. <laughs> do whatever you
0: want.
1: do, whatever you want. Just, just be back here. Help. Glennon is our
0: quarterback. If you decide you. not to, so do whatever you want. Do I know he's not yeah, anymore,
1: but you know what I mean? Blaine yeah. Gabbert, which I, no one wants to see. Is it, All right. We're going to, yeah, we're going oh. yeah, to, yeah, disgusting. We're going to move on to the next team who we got to decide where they fall under man, because Aaron Rodgers is still there in green Bay under a new contract. They got it figured out, but that left room for them to do literally nothing else. And, you know, he's going to have to, we're going to have to see how that goes. But the Green Bay Packers have a wide receiving Corey Storm to have Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, and Travis Fulgham, who they just picked up. Um. So, what, what does that leave Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, Matt? Are they underhyped, overhyped, Are people not giving them enough credit or too much credit, or what's going on?
2: They're getting way too much credit. Their, uh, their team, with, everyone kind of viewed it was the whole thing about, the Packers built this team to win the title last year because they knew everyone was gone. Everyone thought everyone knew Adams and Rogers were gone. Uh, well, Luckily for the Packers, only one of them left and it was, everything was structured around that. And then they just completely collapsed in the playoffs and lost a game to a team without allowing an offensive touchdown. And like the fact that they have no receiving core, their if their their roster I think is like Vikings level. They just have a mm. much better quarterback. I don't think they're in the Super Bowl contender realm. I think there's a decent chance the Vikings actually might win the division. Um, I think the Packers are a uh, ten and seven, eleven and six type team. No more thirteen win seasons as long with no receiving core for Rodgers.
1: Ah, uh, where are they slated? Where are they slated to finish right now in the NFC? Uh,
2: in- they're the know. second favorite behind the Bucks to make the... They're tied with the Rams, basically, if you look at odds. They're, it's like really? whichever one you pick, some will some will have the Rams higher, some will have the Packers higher.
0: I think when you, Go ahead, Jake. When, when you look at the team, and like, it's a very intriguing question. Like, are people too high or too low on them? I think like to, for them to be tied with the Rams is, for me personally, it's just a little bit too overhyped. Like they should be. I I think they're decidedly worse than the Rams. A little bit, a little bit. That being, well, a little bit. Well, I said decidedly. They're decidedly right, worse.
1: It's, it's no, it's more than a little bit overhyped.
0: Oh, like, they're, they're, I see what like, you're
1: saying. Gross. Uh,
0: but but here's what I'll say is that I wouldn't count them out completely. They still like people roll their eyes when the, when when you say, "Oh, well, they still got Aaron Rodgers." You need to look back to because there's a a very similar discourse going um on in Indianapolis in like 2009, they ended up losing in the Super Bowl that year but Peyton Manning who was also getting up there in age can he still do it uh right before he left for um or a few years before he left for Denver his receiving core was Reggie Wayne, Pierre Garcon, Austin Collie, and Hank Baskett. Okay. Um Lovely, lovely, I like that's, It's granted Reggie Wayne is is very very. He had 150 targets that year, 100 receptions. Um, still very much a above average player. He was getting up there in age, and all those other guys could easily be pick. Take your pick. You can can Christian Watson produce what Pierre Garcon did that year? No. Forty seven catches. You don't think he can get forty seven catches no, this Garfano's year? Garcon
2: was a really good player.
0: No, no, but that that but that year, forty seven catches, Matt. Right, four touchdowns, 47
2: catches. I think by by default, he'll get 47 probably. I mean, I
0: I think that they're maybe lacking a little bit on wide receiver, but then you compare the running backs from team to team. They had Joseph Adai on that Colts team. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are are much better, in my opinion, than anything that they had there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I just, I, I say all that to say, if the defense can remain competitive or be competitive, I don't think there's anyone in their division that's like world beaters. So they have a very good chance of winning the division still. And if they do, they're going to host a home playoff game. And then you got Rogers in the second round of the playoffs. Like I'll like, that's about where they should be in my opinion. And that's where they are. Almost. I do think, I I do think the division
1: saves them a lot playing six games against NFC North opponents who you've just been dominating over the years is like, that's going to help, you know, springboard them a lot. But if, if, People are excited to see the Packers and are, are wishing them to be second or third in the NFC. <clears throat> my, my question would just be like, what's there to be hype about? Like what, like what's, what's there to like, I understand Jake that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is coming back, but it, it seems like a content Aaron Rodgers it doesn't seem like a hungry Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't seem like an Aaron Rodgers who's, you know, fighting and scratching and clawing to go get another championship. It seems like an Aaron Rodgers who decided like, this is the time I get my money who they get. Like I wish for good talent. I'm going to work hard. But, you know, it's not. I'm not sacrificing mine to go get somebody else now or to keep right. somebody else now. So who, we, who, we're, who we're able to get is who we're able to get. And I've, nev- I've never seen a Packers team, maybe not never, but I don't recall the best Packers teams as being driven or being anchored by their defense. Like they've had good defenses. They've had defenses that helped. Aaron Rodgers and the offense has been the moneymakers, has been the drivers, and this is the first time since twenty fifteen that the Packers don't have a wide receiver with a thousand yards in their past five seasons. So now it's Aaron Rodgers is going with a receiving core, a type of a receiving core that he hasn't dealt with in seven, eight seasons. Like, but I don't, I don't see the, high, I don't see the Packers running in that engine I don't see them running in that way you have a a dynamic and creative offensive mind one of these good young handsome coaches that jake likes and matt lafleur and you don't even have the weapons to to use that that's what you said that's some phrasing there you we might <laughs> have to work on that phrasing i don't know about that one but continue. <laughs> but, but 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 you don't even have the weapons to, to move in that offense so i don't i don't see where this excitement where this hype where this um optimism of the packers really comes from like i I don't like if you're mad at the bucks for being one in the nfc the packers being two or three should have you
2: irate i agree i yeah yeah it's it's more it's more egregious that the packers are like even with the rams and the bucks are ahead of the rams i agree okay because uh it almost reminds me of that patriot season in 2013 where brady had no receivers to throw to because edelman and gronk were, gone, were hurt and Hernandez being convicted mm. and Brady just scrapped and clawed and they somehow found their way into the AFC title game I don't think Rogers is as good as Brady so I don't think that will happen I think probably like what Jake said second round maybe maybe first round I just I, I think the Packers offense is going to be you'll there'll be a lot of like Aaron Rodgers looking like with like his hands like you're supposed to do that and that, or how did he not break that way? And Mm -hmm. and I just think he's gonna be upset with the lack of talent he has around him.
1: His most experienced wide receiver with him, the one he's built the most success and rapport with on the current roster, is Alan I guess it's Randall Cobb technically, but the best one is Alan Lazard.
0: It should be really telling that they've got Randall Cobb on that roster. That's all well, here's say. The, it's here's telling. the
1: thing. Well, they, Randall Cobb's on that roster because of Aaron Rodgers. Actually, like the one thing like he did for somebody else was get Randall Cobb back. Of all the of all the good Samaritan gestures that he wanted to pull, it was for Randall Cobb. Probably because he knew you know I can get him back and it won't cost me that much, so I can still get my money. But I think what what this will tell us this season will tell us what stratosphere Aaron Rodgers falls into because. He's coming off an MVP season. So I, I have to assume that he's still one of the top three at his position. And that's a generous assumption because I should assume he's the best player in the NFL or one of, you know, top three in the NFL. But we'll just say for his position. So when you make a, a comparison like Tom Brady, where he has a very similar kind of start of the season and what Tom Brady was able to do, no one's saying and hey, Roger has to go win the Super Bowl to prove that but you can't go in, and turn belly up in this season and then blame it on personnel and then blame it on situation. When we've seen a guy who's in your era, who your supporters and you say that you're in the same tier and same all-time stratosphere and whatever it is. Like, if he was able to do that back then, you should be able to do something now.
0: Yeah, like at the end of the day, to put whatever great quarterback you want up there and ask the question... Would these guys not win the division if the other quarterbacks in the division were Justin Fields in his second year, Kirk goof. cousins and the goofball? No, and the you goof have to, you have to win that division. Have to.
1: I love that. We everyone would say, Jared, go say he's just the goofball. He's literally just the goofball. All right. We're going to move on to the last one because I'm very interested to hear your guys take. I like that. He's in the script. Sean McDermott. Um, head coach of the Bills, and he's made the playoffs four of the last five seasons. Um, And before that, before he took over, the Bills hadn't made the playoffs since 99. So, a guy who's kind of brought the Bills and this crazy franchise out from some very dark times, um, but has yet to really get to that mountaintop, has yet to really, you know, get to that ultimate goal, and seems to have the personnel, seems seems to have the team to do it. So, I'm interested, yo. Are you guys out? Not maybe not out on Sean McVay or Sean Sean McDermott. I'm sorry. But is he a little overhyped or is he a little underhyped?
0: Personally, well, first and foremost, this ties a bow on my handsome coach theory, because if he was good looking, (laughs) he would be the number one star in the NFL. Like stop he, judging these NFL coaches, man. Stop <laughs> just stop doing that. <laughs> it's it's like seriously, four of the ooh, boy, Four of the five mm. play or years with the Bills, he made the playoffs. And then last mm. season, they had the perfect offensive game. And this is granted, how much of that goes to Brian Dable, who's now with the Giants, we're going to see this year, how much of their offensive success, but like Good point. that was kind of like his his Magna Carta, his masterpiece, the the the, the thing that really should have put him over the top in terms of public opinion, um, and it did not. And then, you know, on the defensive end, he's he's done great things as well. So, like, the I, I make fun of Josh Allen a lot for the throwing the ball over the back of the head in the playoff game. But the, growth, the growth that he's shown year over year, um, as well as the overall team success that they've had, should be more than enough to propel Sean McDermott into, like, an elite coach,
2: like, ranking in my opinion Bro, I, I agree so, with you so,
0: i 100 i
1: 100 agree with jake yeah, yeah. I, I, I do my, uh, right.
2: I, I think his accomplishments i think are under hyped i think he's an underhyped coach um i also think with jake's here, it's also because he's a defensive coach too right, right, Offensive right, coaches right. get um all the hype but when they got josh allen they told they basically looked at sean mcdermott and said so here's a guy He's an unbelievable athlete. Can throw the ball a mile. Bad at quarterback. We're going to take him in the first round. <laughs> bad at quarterback. <laughs> and, and, and Sean McDermott said, "Okay," and then he turned him into an MVP candidate. And and the patience. Was just the first year, Josh Allen was really bad. The second year, he throws the ball over his head in a playoff game. The third mm-hmm. year, he makes the AFC title game. And the and last year, he plays a perfect postseason. There's nothing he did wrong in the postseason. Um so that on top of the fact that every single that he his defensive knowledge made them a contender in the beginning, where before he came they were 24th and 27th in defensive DVOA. Since he came, he was 18th in their first year, and then second, and then seventh, twelfth, and then first. This is like a coach that had Nathan Peterman take snaps in a playoff game. Like this mm, is how mm. bad the Bills were as a situation. And he scratched and clawed away to get 9-7 and seven in 2017. And then they built a quarterback with a chance to contend, and they got Mahomes. You can't blame the team for being Mahomes.
1: Um, yeah, and, seriously.
2: And there's a really good chance that in 10 years we talk about McDermott like he's a surefire Hall of Famer. I,
1: I, I agree. Because, so Jake, think about it, man. He's only got to get... Like one more, like one one more round, one more get over one hump. Right. That's the only yeah. thing he's got to get. Win it.
0: I think you have to win it, it
2: to it, be. No, no. There's it. a there's a scenario it's, where the Bills have two right. Super Bowls where Allen, Josh Allen, retires with two Super Bowl wins. Like a, right. a really plausible scenario. And in
0: both of those, they they right. have to win the Super Bowl, which is massive. Yeah. Like that's more. So which that's is almost, It's borderline luck. Like and and, and they have
1: a very. Knicks-esque aura around them where it's like everybody knows who they gotta go through. Like you got great players, a great coach, a great roster, and there's one person you gotta go through. If you don't go through him, you're not gonna win. Yeah. And they can they the way the Knicks kept getting Jordan is the way the Bills keep getting Mahomes. And hope, yeah. hopefully they can get over that hurdle. But I think Sean McDermott might be the most underhyped person/slash team we have on this list. Actually, by far. Yeah. By far. Because you you talk about the Bills every year since Josh Allen has emerged, and they got Stephon Diggs, and their defense became the best defense in the league by a long stretch last season. They were crazy, and even without Trey White for a lot for a lot of the season. And you and when you think about the Bills, how often does someone bring up Sean McDermott? Right, like Never. we even, Jake, you even brought up Brian Dayball in the midst of talking about Sean McDermott. <laughs> You said I would and it was—it's was a great thought. I, and I said, great point when you said it. That's how—that's how little credit we give to this man. It's like even when we're trying to talk about how under he is, we're like, oh, but it might have been Brian David. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that. Which and he's and he's the architect of of Matt. You said it greatly about of a quarterback who came in and people couldn't have more red flags around him. And now he should probably win MVP this season if everything goes according to plan. It's probably his turn to win MVP. You you have a team behind a defense who has progressed every year, and now last year was the best defense in the league. And you get one of the best cornerbacks in the league back off of injury. And oh, by the way, you added Von Miller in this off season. So if this team goes and does what it's supposed to do, I think the light has to get turned to Sean McDermott. Like I, th- I think it absolutely has to.
0: Can I be honest with you guys? Uh, last night, Saul got a little message from FanDuel. Hey. Same bonus that I won a whole bunch of money for uh, betting on the Rams. They're, they wanted to run it back. They tried mm. to hit me with the email. And mm. I had to sit down and decide what gotcha team, what team gotcha do I think ass. is going to win the Super Bowl. You have to put $50 down to get the, the bonus that they offer. Um, and I came to the decision that uh, I had to bet on the Bills. They are the it's surest the bet. Because if everything goes right, there's no reason why they shouldn't win. So we'll see.
1: I mean, I mean, you, you hit may, it last year.
0: I, I may, you I did. may become much more pro Bill going forward. Uh, but. <laughs> we, y'all know how this
1: goes. Y'all know how this goes. Well, our listeners out there. Jay, yeah, Every yeah. every every argument every time the bills are on the pod every time Josh Allen is on the pod remember remember this remember this story from Jake because it'll it'll explain his slant that's, that's why I want to his
0: point that's why I want to flag it early get it out of the way but also <laughs> so I'm I'm down the shore right now and the way Fanduel works is like I, if I go back to PA I can't see the bets that I made mm. in New Jersey so I think I'm gonna cash it out but ultimately they're probably gonna still be my team but I think I'm, I, we'll see I may. Subject to change potentially.
1: No, I think you got to commit to him. I think I gotta yeah. to him. before we move on from Sean McDermott, we talked about him making the playoffs four of the last five. Um, actually, coached a perfect game in the playoffs when they destroyed the Patriots. My goodness, um, is there a year that you think he should have won Coach of the Year?
2: Mm. Is there a year that he could,
1: that he could have won Coach of the Year? Because I think it's I think it's a little absurd. I think the the highest he got was second. He came second to Kevin Stefanski in twenty twenty, but before that. Highest he got was like fourth in twenty nineteen. I would have said
2: twenty nineteen is probably would, where I would pick. Yeah. I, think he,
1: Matt, I think he came in like fourth. If I'm looking, <laughs> if I'm looking this up correctly,
2: but coach of the year is a dumb fourth. award because like if you were actually giving coach of the year, like Belichick would have like thirteen of them, and well, and like Reed would have a yeah, bunch. But now that
1: context means a lot because I don't, I don't, I don't always think coach of the year should just go to the coach who coached the best team. Like I think. You know, it's, it's outperformed expectations, right? The most, right, right, right. Which kind of end up being the best team. Like, but I think it's like, like, can Andy Reed get coach of the year? Like top. I, I don't know. Cause Todd Bowles could get coach of the year. Cause it's, yeah, it's being his first head coaching season. Like you're you with Mahomes, mean? Like, all right, dude,
0: <laughs> you're like, with Josh yeah, Allen yeah, and company. That's why he does. It is like the fact, as Matt said, just to wrap. Like my last point on here, on this, it's because if he was an offensive coach, he would be way yeah. more recognized. But because he's defense and the strength of their team, not really. I mean, they were the best defense. But what makes the news on the team is Josh Allen and all the points that they score. He gets maybe swept, swept under the rug a little bit.
1: Interesting, Jake. Does, does Nick Sirianni fall into this mode? Is he? Young coach, offensive minded.
0: It's my uh, mom. The, uh, is, is he handsome? Really I was, the, about, to say, I was really about to say, my mom thinks he's handsome, so he probably gets a little bit of a positive spin. He probably gets. I, I like the fact that Sirianni works to the strengths of his team and is very open about defending now. his team. Yeah. Yeah. So I like him, but I don't know if I'd put him elite. No. You
2: know, I like Sirianni, enough. but he's. Yeah, he, He's kind of goofy. This is not handsome. And I'm not just talking about, like, he, like, he, he, the pandering he does is is too Crazy much. Bander, yeah, I honestly. appreciate it. I think it's funny. But, like, if I'm actually, like, if I actually were to be critical of it, which I think it's silly to do, but I, it, it, it's a little too much that he wears, like, Davion Sounds. Taylor sweatshirt. So, like, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor, hurts his
1: face <laughs> on a t-shirt. Practice. Yeah. a little, more, Yeah. I don't want, I don't want that. All right. So we're going to move on because with the start of the NFL season starts the the start of the second best season. That's fantasy football season. And I, for one, am coming off a fantasy football chip. As so I'm ready to run it back. And you're right. I'll, everybody but Matt, right?
2: I'm not a so champion. Can, sorry, Matt. You're not oh, allowed dude. to do Wait. the champion flex. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can't make a muscle uh, with the camera. I was, a, I was a 500 team last year.
1: That's okay, Matt. Because yeah. I, I won the championship in one league and missed the playoffs in the other. So I'm really only deciding to talk about the good. There's there's a whole other side to me that you guys don't literally never hear about. But since fantasy football season is starting, we're gonna continue the overhyped or underhyped theme because I like it, but we're gonna turn it into fantasy football prospects and see, like based on where they at, where their ranking is, their position ranking, are they overhyped or they underhyped going into the season? At first, we're real quick. Jake Cam Akers coming in at RB fifteen, picked ahead of guys like Zeke and James Conner, but then falls behind guys like Saquon Barkley, who Matt absolutely despises all of a sudden, Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette.
0: So Cam Akers RB fifteen, what you think about it? Um, so this is like if you are in a twelve person league like He'll probably end up being like an RB2 is the idea with with his ADP being picked as the 15th running back. I I would really, really worry that they're not going to put up with, at this point, like when you're a young player and you fumble, um, but you show flashes, you know, you get a lot of leeway. But when you start to get a little longer in the tooth and you're on a really good team, and you're giving away possessions like we saw him doing in the playoffs, granted bad games happen to everyone. I I would worry that they may split up the work a little heavier. Um, Now, as far as like who is going to be the one receiving that work, uh, whether it's, you know, Daryl Henderson or Michelle, I I don't know. I couldn't tell you that. But I I would worry that if he starts to falter, they're just going to wipe their hands of him and be like, we're moving on. so I, I would say that he's a little overhyped. I'm, I would rather have Aaron Jones, who's being picked after, and Fortnite. I'd rather have both of them.
2: We I, agree. I, I think he's overhyped. I think he came back too soon. from. It was an Achilles tear. And it was, uh, there, it's, it's remarkable that he came back for the playoffs. But he was horrible in the playoffs. Uh, other than the fumbles, he averaged 2.6 yards per carry. And it's not like the Rams are getting stuffed offensively. That's mm-hmm. him not finding holes, or not being quick enough, or not trusting his leg enough to cut into the openings that he saw. Um, so, i I think it's a you could it. There's a there's high upside, but also high downside because there's a chance that he's just like a a good quality running back for a contender that's going to be near the goal line a lot. But there's also a chance that the Rams see him and they say, "No, we." we have three other people that can do what we need you to do that you're not doing. So it's, it's, it's for me, it's like a, I'm a, I'm a pass on acres because he could be a, there's a scenario where he's a top 10 fantasy running back this year. And uh, there's a scenario where he's a top 60. So,
1: I mean, injuries I think would be the biggest reason he'd be top 10 if, if Daryl Henderson and Tony Michelle goes down. But I, I think one, I just think unless you are a top, top end running back in the league, most teams operate with a running back carousel now. And Leonard Fournette was kind of like the one of the very few examples who pro- produced out of that carousel format, who was so much more productive than, you know, Ronald Jones, that he he outproduced that. But I just, I think Cam Akers is going to play a good role for the Rams and what they need is a part of a three-headed monster, part of a three-back system. Um, I think the thing that helps him is that he is one of the receiving backs in that. Him and Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle is his little like scat back. But I think Cam Akers like maybe gets a little bit of the name treatment. But I just don't think like to be a top half of running back in the league, a top fifteen running back. Like I, just, I, I, like I think you got to be more than be in that system, being that running back carousel, that that running back by committee system. Like not he's like you said, he's not gonna be a bad running back, he's not gonna be a bad player, but fantasy I've learned fantasy, you you start thinking about this the whole thing completely differently, man. Like he's not just can he produce on paper, and I just don't see him going ahead of guys like Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette who are lead backs fully in their system.
0: Also, I made um, a mistake. They they're going before him. It would be Zeke and James Conner going after, and I'd rather have James Conner. I would not rather have Zeke. I'm staying away yeah, I'm from Zeke off, this
1: year. I'm kind of off on Zeke. I'm caught off on Zeke. That's yeah. a whole different discussion for a different day. Another different discussion is a discussion everybody's having right now, and that's George Pickens, man, setting the world on fire. Second-round pick for the Steelers, why he dropped that far, is beyond me, but he's slotted as wide receiver 63 right now. Picked ahead of guys like Michael Gallup, Jameson Williams, Robbie Anderson, but falls behind guys like Jahan Dotson, and Mikael Hardman. So Matt George Pickens, man, you picking sixty two wide receivers before this, brother?
2: No, no, definitely like, come not. On, man. Like, he, come he's a great. Um, oh, it's the sixth round. I I'll take a shot on this guy because there's he's been great in preseason, and he is do and I just don't understand why. Like, if you're just looking at the people like around of like Micole Hardman. And um, like Jahan Doxon and Jamison Williams, Robbie, like you, you all know what seasons those people are going to have, and it's going to be boring, hmm. and they're going to get you six fantasy points, um, and that's what's going to happen with Pickens. He can, he could, there could be a twenty-point game explosion out of him. That could, and uh, that's definitely in the cards. I don't know why people haven't come around to it yet that he is getting picked 20 spots too low.
0: Right. Uh, well, I don't know if I go 20 spots too low. Here's my real concern with him, and I think he's a great catcher of the football, physical receiver, love his attitude, like think he's going to be a great player in the NFL. Get that out of the way. When you look at the Steelers' offense, they have uh, Deontay Johnson, probably the number one guy there, probably do for, he just got a, got a big contract, could have a mm-hmm. good season. Claypool had a good season. You have Pat Fryermuth, who's probably going to take another step. You have Najee Harris, who gets thrown the ball a lot. So there's going to be sparing opportunity. Now, I think in terms of like bang for your buck, he is a great flyer pick. If either of those top two guys go down in terms of Johnson or Claypool, you could really be looking at a top-level guy, um, like a startable player. I don't know... I mean, Micole Hardman's actually out. It's not a good player to list uh, on my mm-hmm. behalf. He just got injured today, was carted off the field. Um, I don't, I would probably take him ahead of Dotson. I, I would take him ahead of Dotson for sure. Um, I think he's probably in the right order though, in terms of like Steelers, like he's probably the third best Steelers receiver, I would say.
1: I, I don't know. Maybe I didn't pay close enough attention to Chase Claypool last year in fantasy, but
0: right. I wouldn't, right. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't,
1: I would like, you know what I mean? I would be, I, I, I would be okay with taking him up ahead of Chase. There's nothing about Chase Claypool that means, like, I got to take him right. over George Pickens. And maybe I'm buying into the hype too much. Like, but if he's wide receiver 63, I think that's criminally underhyped. And, it, I mean, it just follows the theme that it was in the draft where people let kind of, you know, I don't want to say minuscule reports because, you know, you know, things have different severity to different people. But things outside of football, they let that really affect a guy who is just a monster on the field and stuff that, you know, was in his past that hasn't hasn't arisen in a long time. Like if, if he's been on the straight path of Georgia for this long, then I, I think we're going to be OK. And now he's outperforming expectations at camp. And Jake, I hear your point about everybody on the Steelers. And I'm, I guess I'll just play a little bit of devil's, devil's advocate, but I'll push back and say that. When a new quarterback comes in, like Mitch Trubisky, who knows who he's gonna hitch that chemistry wagon to? And it very much could be George Pickens, a guy who seems to be able to go up and get the ball at any angle from anybody. So, like, it, it just seems that you know if, if that can happen, if that can if that can happen with Mitch Trubisky, if they find him as a red zone threat, a red zone target, especially with the jump ball abilities that he has, find himself with you know three or four more touchdowns than you expected. And then who knows where, where George Pickens lands right now? But high upside. You know, I think this, I, I think the Steelers are gonna the high upside, and I'm buying into all that high upside. Yeah. I'm definitely buying into all that high upside for the Steelers and for George Pickens. All right, the last one we're going to do because this guy finds himself in a very, very interesting situation. Just got the bag but really doesn't have a quarterback to throw him the football. And that's DK Metcalf right now. Sliding that wide receiver 19 ahead of guys like Amon Ron St. Brown, Chris Godwin, and Darnell Moody, but picked behind guys like Terry McLaurin and Mike Williams of the Chargers. So top 15 receiver from DK,
0: Jake, with Drew Locke mm. throwing him the ball. So he's right now Jakey, is keeping. Yeah, I would be, like here's, I see it both ways. I'd be scared to pick him a little bit. Um, you know, you're probably looking at like third round dish. Uh, but if I'm getting DK Metcalf with 18 guys in front of him, obviously it's a different story with Russell Wilson, not there, but like, I don't know I, I, I hearken back. This is where I learned my fantasy lesson. Cause I was like Jarvis Landry on the Browns a couple of years ago when they stunk. Like, why am I picking Jarvis Landry? I don't, he's he's on a bad offense and he was on a bad offense. But when Mm -hmm. they were losing every single game by multiple scores at the end of the game, he would have six catches for 60 yards and a touchdown on like the last like six minutes of the game that were just irrelevant. And that matters in fantasy. Like Mm -hmm. if your team is bad and you're always going to be throwing, that matters. Now, I don't think, that I would, he's currently going, um, ahead of like Amon Ross, St. Brown, Godwin. Um, I'm not taking him ahead of those guys. I, and I know that might be crazy to say Amon Ross, St. Brown, but like if you're in a PPR league, Amon Ross, St. Brown's going to rake in targets. Um, and like DK Metcalf is ultimately like a really big question mark without a QB. But if you want to take a swing, he, you know, that's probably where about, I would take. I guess wide receiver 19s about where you would start swinging Overhype. Overhype. He was bad with Russell Wilson last year. Over oh, height. Well, the no, offense like, was they were in games, close games, and then they run the ball and then I mean, I don't know. It's tough. And that's true. And 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 Chris Carson, you know, no right. Chris Carson
1: this year, so you become maybe more of a of a passing offense because of that. But I mean, like it, it's I don't know. He pouted his way through last season, got a contract, and he was bad last season. You know what mean? Is like, a, I mean? he was a DK had twelve
2: right. touchdowns. Like he didn't have a good yardage year, but he had twelve touchdowns. That's true.
1: Which matters in fantasy. Which yeah. absolutely matters I in think there's
2: were like end of the year touchdowns after the fantasy season was over, though. Mm. Like if you already Tough. if you took DK high, you're out of the playoffs and he's catching <laughs> he's catching like four touchdowns in the last three games or something like that. But no, for Matt, where well, you got him? Over hype, under hype. I think properly hype, I'm gonna be I'm gonna go down the middle just because there's a really high some good chance that Drew Locke is just what do I do? I'm gonna throw it to the freak. so yeah yeah yeah. so he just chucks it up high for the really tall guy who's more athletic than anyone on the field and he gets cheap yards that way um not he's nine i I just it just fits that like it's a kind of risky pick to go with dk as like your second wide receiver is basically what they're saying a nine the the 19th pick would be but that's what the 19th pick would be a kind of risky pick to be your second wide receiver
1: Mm -hmm. and no, I I guess. Look, it's it's. I think they're trying to account for putting up nineteen. Trying to account for the drop off in quarterback. Just in my opinion, I just don't, I don't think they count of, account for it enough. Like I, I I still think they're trying to give him a little bit too much credit, putting him a little bit too high. Like I've, he probably ended somewhere in the in the early twenties to
0: me. Now he should not be above Chris Godwin. And I don't know. Maybe Chris Godwin's going to miss. Is he hurt at all? Is he going to miss any time? He, is that?
1: well? It's not. It's not guaranteed. What if he's going to like make week one yeah. probably not but he's practicing he's there it's just the you know cautionary they might I guess hold him that, out that that could be why. Right. maybe
0: but i don't
1: know we'll see we'll see but man y'all get ready for fantasy season and we better come back with good reports man this time we we all got to go win a chip we all got to go in some front some kind of fantasy chip how many before we get out how many fantasy leagues are you in Like, how many uh, did you do this
2: year i'm only in one I'm chips
1: in one basket.
2: No, I always only do one because otherwise it gets confusing. Like, who do I root for? Yeah, I like having one league that I can put every. If like when I, if I I've, I've had multiple leagues before, and there's always oh the team that started two and one I favor more than the team that started one and two, even though the mm. team that started one and two actually turned out being the team that had more potential. If I gave more, so it's just no, nah, screw it. I'm gonna have one team. I've been in this league with my like friends family for a while, um, and I'm gonna put all my focus into that.
0: How many fantasy leagues you and Jake? I, I have can't imagine. five and two of them are dynasty leagues, So it's a little different. I would like to be in like three. I mean, I honestly being in the two dynasty leagues is, is almost too much, but I have a, re- I was to offered mention the three other normal leagues redraft. <laughs> it's okay. Cause you start fresh every year where like dynasty it's like all year. You're like tracking, like, what do I need? Who's good? Mm. Like, who should I pay? And I, the only reason I took this team, I won the league last year, 16 team league with this, with the team that I picked up because the other, the guy who they started the league and he drafted the team and was like, I don't want to do this. So the team was stacked. Got like Brady, Dak Prescott, Cooper cup. Mm. Come on, come on. Got to get in there. This guy, John Gruden, his way to it. To a Crazy. Oh, football. absolutely. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I did three last year. I'm only going to do two this year. I'm like, uh, I'm with yeah. Matt, but like, I can't put all my thought and energy into one because I'm not good enough to have just one, you know, chance gotta out head. there. I got I, oh, to hedge. You know yeah. what I mean? I got to blanket the market. I got to put more ch- – whatever metaphor you want to use, I got to have more than one team, more than one chance to win. And it reigned supreme last year because I have one team that was really bad to make the playoffs, and I have one team who I don't understand how they let me draft this team. <laughs> I had Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Mark Andrews, and Debo
0: Samuel was my mm. receiving core. Oh, Debo's the big one there. That was a league winner.
1: It, I mean, it didn't matter. Kyler was my quarterback. And Kyler even missed, what, four or five games? And I still won. But Kyler like, had really a great
2: start, which got you picked Great start.
1: And I had, I had him and Dehop as the anchors. So it was it was great. Um, but we're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Uh, we're, as always, we can get some shots up at the buzzer. Who's got something to say at the buzzer
0: real quick? Uh. I have a really weird thing that happened to me. So I'm down the shore, as I said, and, um, you know, take a walk down to the seawall at night because there was a massive, like the moon It was full moon. It was across and like Mm. very, very visible. So I go down there. um, My sister and I are looking at it and, you know, you're facing out towards the water and out of nowhere, like this, this is probably at like 11 at night. This family of like six, a really old guy, a wife, and husband, and their three kids all come up behind us like stealthily. And the old man is like, Look at that moon. Oh, would you look at that? And like, I'm like, Okay, that's odd. And so he's like, That's a (laughs) Spurgeon moon. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, what's it? So. he was explaining that there's a, re- there's a type of moon. It's like really yellow and low. And that's when you catch the fish, the sturgeon. And he's like telling mm-hmm. us this story. And I thought that was going to be the end of the oddity. And then the family, I swear to God, the the husband and wife both walk up with their little kids and are like, look at that sturgeon moon guys. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like they, I swear it was like, I thought that I was like in a dream or something. It didn't no, make sense. Punk. You're being punk. No, I, no one gets the hyper
1: no I thought hype that it was
0: like, uh, like I think you should leave if you guys have seen that show. Like it was like right. just the most bizarre. Like I thought I was on a TV show. So anyways, it was, they ended up being nice people. Um, might've been a little tuned up. I don't know. That could have helped their enthusiasm, but um, right. it, just odd, odd happening.
1: That's, <laughs> That's so funny. And David, for all that, go, go fish for the Sturgeon then. If you're that right. hyped for the Sturgeon, go get yourself a right, Sturgeon. Get out there. Right, 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 if you're all hyped. Uh,
2: Matt, you got something to say to the buzzer? So uh, the Premier League season is back, and Liverpool no, is go. disappointing. Uh, mm. so Through two games, they have two draws, and the two teams they played were not good. They played Fulham, who had just been promoted, and they drew 2-2. And they played Crystal Palace in their home opener, who always finishes like 13th, 12th, 11th-ish. And they lost. They didn't lose. They drew 1-1. And along with that game, their big signing of the offseason, Darwin Nunes, who they signed for 80 mil, um, um, got a red card when they were down one nothing because he let himself get provoked and he shoved someone to the ground. And luckily they're able to claw a goal with ten men. But when you're facing like these oil barons against you, you can't afford these little slips. You have to be almost perfect. And this is not looking like a perfect Liverpool almost perfect Liverpool team is looking like a team that's gonna be like a distant third place in the Prem.
1: Aren't there aren't there like an insane amount of games in a soccer season? Thirty eight that's not that
2: crazy. But well, if you in it, the Premier League. In the Premier right. League, right. it's 38 right, right. Can, I was right. like, Champions What's League anything team? can happen, of course. Like the season What's isn't all... over.
1: But. Right, right. Two games in. You are two matches in. Hmm. Like, come on, man. Like have have a little yeah. bit more faith sure in our team. Man. No, no, no. no. Yeah. I have
2: faith in the yeah, team. Really. I just have I just when you drop four points to teams that you shouldn't drop four points to in a title race against a team that's it's almost perfect, like it's really tough to come back from. I, I, I don't like I'm not like it's, Who's the is,
1: almost perfect team? Man City. Man City
2: in the Prem. Yeah. They're almost perfect. They choke in the championship right. every year, but in the Prem, like they they had a hundred points and then ninety eight points the next season, which is crazy. It's not, well,
1: soccer season starting back up, so you guys will be happy to get the soccer updates from Statman, mm-hmm. as we always are. As we also, as the as Philadelphia we Union
2: having a great season. Uh I Regular know. season's almost Relevant over. soccer.
1: Relevant soccer. They had a good season last year too. Wow, wow. Ra-ra, die. Um, my the real quick is we gotta we gotta address. I just had to get it into the pot at some point. We gotta address this contract that mm. LeBron just signed. We, we I, I giggled when I saw it. LaBilly. um, two years, nine hundred or ninety-seven point one million dollar contract extension, bring his career earnings to five hundred and thirty-two million dollars, making him the all-time wealthiest or, or most career earnings athlete in NBA history. Um, and I just want to say, man, a lot of people look at this contract, they see the gaudy numbers, and they immediately go like, oh, he's, he's, you know, he's just deciding this year he's going to get paid. He's not worried about the team this year. He's, you know, he's getting his money. And two things I have to say to that. One, so What? If that if that is the case, so what? This this is a guy who's going to I don't need to list off the career accolades that LeBron is going to end with, right? At the end of his career. What he's done for the game, what he continues to do for the game. But just financial reasons, this isn't a dude who spent his time at the top of the career's earnings list or annual salaries list year after year. In the 21 seasons that we're going into now in his career, He's been top three in annual earnings only three times. And one of them was last year after, well, uh, after a nice big contract from the Lakers. So this isn't a, this isn't a dude who's always chosen to get paid over, you know, building good teams. Clearly, <laughs> clearly he's willing to sacrifice a couple of dollars to get some stars next to him. He's been much more willing to do that before. So, Is there a time that every athlete decides, like, this is my, it's my time to get paid. It's time to get as much money as I possibly can. Absolutely. And LeBron waited till four rings, four MVPs, and 21 years to do it. And and if he wants to cash out now, he's got every, every right to do that. Also, another reason he's a genius is he signs for a not length amount of years so he can get all that you know, kind of bulk his contract and it's a two year deal. And what also happens in two years, magically coincidentally is Bronny is eligible now for the draft. So what do you think LeBron's going to in free agency? He's got a player option just in case that team happens to be the Lakers. But what do you think? What, what do you think Bron do with that? With that free agent year? I just don't know. After, after getting, and you know, but we, we go before a quick go, Matt. Yeah. what are getting all this. What getting all this money does is in that free agent year, I'm not worried about the bag. I just got my career. I got 50 mil a year the past two years. So if you want to sign me to a one-year $10 million deal so I can pull up my son and ride this out, I'm not sitting there penny-pitching with you. I'm not worried about getting a good deal from this team because I just got my money. And the Lakers, by the way, still have $20 million in cap space this summer to do something, and they're eligible for a max slot next year if they want to add someone in the final year of that contract to go with AD and LeBron. And AD is a free agent after LeBron's contract adds up. So it just there's just a whole lot of reasons why this contract makes sense. But you can't tell me that this man doesn't deserve as much money as he possibly can. I don't care even if it did put the Lakers in a hole. Give the brother his money.
2: Well, one, he, I don't understand why there was discourse about this LeBron contract because he's LeBron James. He he brought a title to LA. He had a very good season last year. Um, He was a top five player last year in the NBA. Um, and he, and, and say so it's two years, one, because LeBron always does that. And two, because he's like, going to be old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you Remember got that's just gonna, what's going to happen. And he, and he playing with Bronny. Any playing with Bronny? Then, yeah, and then he's gonna play with, Bronny. I, didn't so play like with Bronny. I I saw my reaction to his contract. I saw I was like, oh, looks like he's uh found a way to like like he's like not gonna threaten to leave LA a now or something.
1: Yeah, and oh, don't get he, me don't get me wrong. It's no, ri- it's ri- it's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous the amount of money he got. Like that, I don't I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna. Yeah, but
2: the amount of money the Lakers are gonna make off him is a lot more. Because all the marketing have. they can do, the fact that he's gonna break Kareem's record while wearing a Laker jersey, like the Crazy. amount of money that LeBron's brought in, besides just the winning point, is always gonna be a massive boom, especially for a city like Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, I decided to provide some context around it because anytime someone sees, I mean, fifty million dollars a year is,
0: I can't
2: say players
1: I can't say league,
0: I'm,
1: players whoa. great,
0: but great league to be a player whoa. in. I'll tell you that.
1: 50 million a year is ridiculous. But you see that, and a lot of people, especially LeBron naysayers, want automatically go, like, oh, look at him pigeonholing his team. But he's not. It actually makes great financial sense for everybody. Doesn't put the Lakers in a hole, allows him to get his bag. It's good. But... That's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one. Shout out to everyone at the Up On Game Network. Again, make sure you're following them wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. uh, And also, shout out to my guys, man. Football season almost here. Time for Buccaneers to win another chip. It's My guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. Shout out to Nashville Silver Knights. Six-time champs, baby.